Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> sure my computer doesn't scream by turning it off <laughs> this is fair and good it never stops screaming have the lamb stop screaming clarice clarice <laughs> <laughs> has the laptop stop screaming <laughs> i couldn't even I was, I was like that's good no it's good it's good <laughs> laptop stop stop screaming <laughs> i'm speaking of screaming no no What's this no. movie again? Oh, 13 Ghosts. <laughs> I was like, are we doing screaming? I'm so sorry. Oh, you sometimes when they see a ghost, they scream. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of screaming, partially from ghosts, partially from living Wait, beings. do the ghosts ever even make noise? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> they do? Uh, I thought you were fucking with me. The ghosts no. make noise? Yeah. Do you... The, when the jackal laughs... When the mother this. ghost is like, don't go in the basement, well, Bobby. I knew that. When the other oh, ghost shit, is like, go in the right. basement, Bobby. <laughs> in my head, these were silent ghosts. <laughs> the quietest haunt ever. I was like, it's weird that they don't make noise. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, we're talking about 13 ghosts. <laughs> they do talk, just so everyone knows. They do make noise. I, I knew it. I knew that. Nikki was just testing me. It's how we do this, you know? <laughs> and Keep she each other nailed on it. Kate nailed it. Whatever. Um, we're talking about 13 Ghosts. This movie is a movie. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's a buck wild movie from the aughts. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to facts. Oh, God. <laughs> I can already tell my feelings are going to be crushed. No, 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 no. No, I know, I know. No, 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 no. You've gotten so good at that impression that it Thank unsettles you. me. Thank you. That means so much. And I've watched Get Out. Um, okay, so this movie's made in 2001. Obviously. <laughs> okay, so this is... I don't have a lot of facts because I tried to look up facts on, like, how it was filmed and I couldn't find anything. But, like, I've told Kate a little bit, I have a surprise. I found a blog post from 2001 of somebody who got to go to the set and used to do, like, movie reviews. I don't have it pulled up because it's burned into my brain. I'm just going to tell you some good oh my God. things from okay, it. Okay, but okay. I'm going to tell you the facts first. So it was directed by Steve Beck. He also made Ghost Ship. So oh, loves a ghost. Loves ghosts, yeah. Um, he also did visual effects for The Hunt for Red October in Indian- <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Talking is so long. It's really, it's been a long fucking yeah, it's week. It's been a long week. Been a, I don't want to get into it, but it's been a long week. Um, visual effects for The Hunt for Red October in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, it's a remake. This movie is a remake of the 1960 film by William Castle. I don't... I talk a lot about it. Do you? Okay, because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know anything about the original, but I was like, just in case Kate does. I know too much about it. Oh, good. I can't wait. This is balance. Um, William Castle also directed House on Haunted Hill in 1959. Which we're eventually going to cover. Which I'm really excited. So I was like... It's really cool. Skateboard. Skateboard. Um, Gil Tattersall did the cinematography uh-huh. for, once again, Ghost Ship, <laughs> episodes of House, uh, CSI, and then Tank Girl, 
And also <gasps> Tank Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also the Adams family. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. You um, have Adams I, Family Values. You have Adams Family. Oh my god, I love Adams Family Values. I'm gonna watch that so bad right now. Um, but like I'm really surprised because he did like a lot of these films that aren't that bad. But this one I will get to it. I'm just mad. We'll talk about it later. And then John Frizzle did the music for this movie and also Beavis and Butthead to America. Mm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Alien Resurrection. Oh. Office Space. Well. I still know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Josie and the Pussycats. No. Go ship! Go ship! <laughs> and then Texas Chainsaw 3D. Ew. Yeah. Uh, okay, Gross. and then uh, we've got the budget. Mm. It was $42 million. Do you want to know how much it made? Let me just say right now, when I tell you the number, you're going to be just as disappointed as I was when I tell you what it is, or unless you guess. 30 million. 68.5. Almost 69. So so close to (laughs) being nice. I wrote not nice. Almost nice. Nearly nice. nice. It was so close. It was so close. Uh, And then... I was, could round up to it. We could. And you know what? I'm just gonna. So yeah. here, let me just take it back real quick. Yeah. Oh, so it actually made, you're gonna love this, uh-huh. 69 million. Nice. Nice. That's great. Love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's canon. Um, also, I was going to do facts on like the ghosts and their backstories, but then I read the backstories of the ghosts. They are heartbreaking and sad yes. and kind of problematic and not yeah. great. Yeah. So I was like, do I really want to start this episode by being like, okay, and this ghost was murdered, and this ghost was, like, I, if you want to look up the ghost's backstories, I highly recommend it. Go for it. Their designs are really cool, and we'll get to why that disappoints me later. I have many thoughts, but I still love this movie, to be clear. Now, here's my facts about the blog post I'm so about. excited. Oh, my God. I can't believe I almost forgot. So I was looking for facts on, like, the ghost's makeup and, like, how it was made and what they did to create it. And I stumbled upon this blog post. I don't even remember what it was called. I know it was just somebody who does, like, movie reviews. And this is from 2001. And it starts off with, I saw the trailer for this and I had no intention of seeing it. I didn't even want to see it because it had Matthew Lillard in it. (gasps) So I was already like, oh, excuse me? But then it continues... But once I saw that Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> I changed my mind. Listen. <laughs> so this person changed their mind. Thank goodness that they, they wanted to go see this still. Um, they go on to describe the movie and all the ghosts. And then they say, and then there's one ghost. And he puts a horrible nickname for the ghost who um, unfortunately takes her own life. Oh, yeah. Gives her a horrible nickname and then says, she's nude the whole time. All caps. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> You can tell that this person is giving very good reviews. Uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. high quality. Roger Ebert worthy. Yeah, oh, so good. And then he goes on to um, post pictures of all the ghosts, which honestly was really cool. It was like backstage photos of all the ghosts, which is really neat. And I actually got to see what they look like because you really don't get to do that in this. Um, but underneath all of them, half of the names were just like wrong. It would be like, tied up woman. And I'd be like, so the bound woman, their name's literally in the movie. Okay, got it. And the juggernaut was called like, the big man or something. He has (laughs) two names. That's not one of them. No. But it was just absolutely chef's kiss. I I stumbled upon that and knew that I found something beautiful when he wrote, naked all the time. (laughs) Woo! 
you and I both had like journeys and blogs. We old, did old blogs. So um so yeah, I tried I tried to find facts. I really couldn't find a ton. I did find that they like I told you they did make the house. Mm-hmm. That house that they are in in the movie is like real, and they built that. And there was a lot of practical effects, and it's like super cool. Which again, I will talk about why I'm disappointed in the practical effects. <sighs> we'll talk about it because I still love this movie, and I have a great way to compare it. But we'll get to it when it's time. Oh man, yes. Um, but those those are my facts because I just didn't have a ton. For but sure, for sure. if you if you ever look up. 13 ghosts makeup you will probably stumble upon this sweet blog post by this beautiful idiot and um i recommend checking it out incredible <laughs> and to, i'll put it in the extended show notes well we'll see oh okay maybe i'll show I won't. it to you it's, it's, it's good i'll see if i can stumble upon it again yeah, it's like yeah. magic you gotta like find every it, time you, know? you say stumble upon i think of the website stumble upon do you That's remember it? that no what is that oh shit it was like i rarely used it mm-hmm. i think i did it like once or twice but it was basically like this random site generator where oh, okay, you wait, stumble I stumble upon know of this yeah. I never did it but I do know I did it like twice and then I was like this isn't as good as Tumblr and I left <laughs> it just like takes you to a random site I think so I that's don't so this was weird. like a decade ago and I just remember the title <laughs> and that's it well I accidentally did that to myself today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was great and now I know it's time yes I don't even think I can summarize this but I'm gonna try oh, good <clears throat> a family moves into a glass Rubik's Cube house after the death of their mother. And, uh-oh, it's full of ghosts. And they barely make it out. Yeah. But but they do. But they, but <laughs> just, they do. Just to be clear, they do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's the gist. There's ghosts. The house is a Rubik's Cube. You don't really need much more. No? No, you but don't. But give me more anyway. But... You don't need it, is what I'm saying. I really think you're going to hate this summary. God damn it. <laughs> okay. A state-of-the-art remake of the classic William Castle horror film about Fuck a family off. that inherits a spectacular old house from an eccentric uncle. There's just one problem. The house seems to have a dangerous agenda all its own. Seems? Trapped in their new home by strangely shifting walls, the family encounters powerful and vengeful entities that threaten to annihilate anyone in their path. Whatever. That's from Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't think it's good. <laughs> A state of the art. Whatever. That's I, something that's really funny. When I was reading reviews, people were like, the plot sucks, but the effects were amazing. I And here's the thing. That's not even what I disagree yeah. with. Like, I can't wait to talk about it. I'm going to wait until we actually get to horror so I can be like, here's why I, I, don't, I don't enjoy it. But I do. It's weird. We'll get no, to not. it. That's fair. But yeah, like... They're right. Like, the effects for the time are cool. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the fact that it's, like, a lot of practical effects are dope as hell. But you don't get to enjoy it. <laughs> and I can't wait to tell you why. I have but guesses as to why, but we'll get there. Yeah. Let's talk Let's talk Nerd Corner, though. Okay. I'm really excited. This Nerd Corner, I want to talk about remakes. Who would have guessed? Who, uh, actually, genuinely, I didn't. <laughs> Specifically, I want to engage or I want to cover how we engage with remakes beyond their relation to profit. Yeah. And look at what changes from the original to the remake and what those changes can tell us about society. I know that's vague. But stick with me. I'm excited. So just for like context setting, the 2000s or the aughts are generally known for the rise of torture porn subgenre, mm-hmm. horror franchises, and remakes of older horror films. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh, there were no good horror movies in the 2000s. Everything was a remake. Everything was a bad franchise. All of it was human centipede. So like people just generally call the 80s like the golden era of horror. The 90s right. were like that ride pushback. Kind of fun, like, yeah. And then just everyone just gave the fuck up in the 2000s. Uh, but 
on the remake side in those years, we have Friday the 13th, Amityville mm-hmm. Horror, Dawn of the Dead, Chain- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Grudge, My Bloody Valentine, The Hills Have Eyes, House of Wax, and so many more just in those 10 years. Yeah, I kind of forgot about all these. Yeah. And to be clear, uh, at least one that I mentioned and another one, The Grudge and the Ring, are American remakes of foreign films. Right. Which is different to me than it an American different. remake of an American film. But we'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that. Because we yeah. have an idea. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. We'll talk about. Anyway. We can acknowledge the reasons that studios produce remakes and still look at the storylines and societal influences on those. So maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre got a remake almost entirely because they wanted to make money and not because they wanted to tell a different story. Right. That can be true. And it can also be true that changes made from the original to the remake can say something about society. Okay. More than just differences in technology available to us, it's also about the different ways we perceive ourselves within society in relation to technology and in relation to each other. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, so I mm-hmm. don't know what it says about us at all. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it was top of mind for me because I was like, oh yeah, clearly another remake. Right. But this week, we're talking about 13 Ghosts. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bit more prepared to talk about the differences between the original... Original? Original. <laughs> the original and the remake in this case. Have you... You haven't seen the original, have no, you? No, but I did a lot of reading. Okay. I haven't seen it either, mm-hmm. but now I just kind of want to because yeah. I'm really curious... Well, you're going to talk about it, but I'm just, I've been so curious ever since I found out that it was a remake, what the fuck the differences are, mm-hmm. because this movie feels so original and weird. Yeah. Then I'm like, well, what could the original be like if I'm going to tell you I'm so excited. It. Okay. So most people haven't seen the original. Mm-hmm. I haven't clearly. Uh, 1960, William Castle and William Castle, I've mentioned this in previous Nerd Corners, don't remember when he mm-hmm. was known for gimmicks. So, yeah, uh, I read that actually. Yeah, he would do like wild things in the theaters and in advertising to just get butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Like he did the thing where he took out like a life insurance policy. Yeah. Or, like whatever the fuck that was. You talked about it and then mm-hmm. I looked it up recently when I was looking stuff up for this and I was like, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So for the tingler, he put buzzers in some of yeah. the seats or had like a red eyed skeleton float over the audience for another one. Yeah. <laughs> for this one, he filmed it in Illusiono. Okay. The majority of the movie was in black and white, but at certain moments, the audio... Audios. <laughs> audio? <laughs> it's been a long week. But at certain moments, the audience would be instructed to put on special glasses that they got when they came in that would allow them to see the ghosts. Spectral viewers. <laughs> yeah. And it, so it was like those old school like 3D glasses right. with like the red and blue cellophane, but... It wasn't like one side is red, one side is blue. It was a top bottom thing. And so if you wanted to see the ghost, you would lift, like you would lower it and you'd see the red. If you didn't want to see the ghost, you would lift it and see the blue. And so it was this like um, actual interactive thing Mm -hmm. where during the film they would say, use your viewers. Like they instructed at the beginning how to use the viewers. And then there was like a visual cue to use the viewers if you wanted to. Sounds like a... I don't know if you've ever been to like a theme park where they do a show. Like yeah. it, it sounds like a show, like a Muppet show that you would go watch where they're like, if you want to see it in 3D, put your glasses on now. Like <laughs> I saw Spy Kids 3 in 3D, I think. Don't. I did too. It was Stop. not good. <laughs> and so like that's my um, memory of 3D. I think it was pretty good. That's <laughs> um, what you're saying. Spy Kids 3D? Um, good shit. Okay. It slaps. <laughs> it's got Steve Buscemi. Of course it slaps. Am I thinking of the wrong one? No, that's gotta be him. With the dinosaurs? Oh, I truly, I just remember lava. Maybe I'm thinking of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking of the Spy Kids too. Oh, well, either way, they all slap. I love all of the Spy Kid movies. No one can tell me otherwise. Uh, Do you want to watch Spy Kids after this? Yeah, Spy Kids. I don't want Spy Kids. (laughs) We have to edit, but let's watch Spy Kids. Yeah, we'll watch Spy Kids. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you could make the ghosts appear by Mm -hmm. looking through the red or disappear by looking through the blue. 
And I saw some of the images on the effectiveness of these viewers, and it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of hard to see how effective it would be because, first of all, like, I'll get to that in a second. But it was fine, is the moral of the story. Yeah. For the time, maybe it was great. Right. It's it's fine. You could could see the ghosts anyway, and then the red made them slightly more visible, and the blue made them slightly less visible. So (laughs) Castle loved his gimmicks, is the moral of the story. Okay. The reason I bring this up is because I saw a thread between the original and the remake in that the storyline was never the focus, and most people said it wasn't scary enough for either of them, but the strength of both was the weirdness, and again, like, I can't speak to how effective the Illusiono would have been at the time. Like, I don't have reviews from people that, like... Also, we're not seeing it ourselves. No. Like, it's so hard to be like, I'm not there. And then also, like, I can't be objective about it because, like, looking back at technology from the 60s, it feels very underwhelming because we're used to different things. So it's it's impossible to be objective about it yeah. because I have preconceived notions or I have, like, I have expectations that could not be met. Right, exactly. So I can't speak to how effective it would have been for audiences at the time. But looking back, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm intrigued, for sure. But uh, a lot of reviews in the 2000s praised this version of 13 Ghosts for the effects. Mm-hmm. So... William Castle was relying on his Illusiono glasses to get right. people in there. And then this one was like, the effects come here for them. So maybe one of the reasons for a remake was that we have better effects. And we have the ability to we create... Can do something. Yeah, yeah, we can do more. But then we look at the plot, and that was changed. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was, I was going to ask. I was like, how similar is this plot? Oh, like, we're going to get in there. <laughs> yeah! I'm so excited! <laughs> so there are common threads between the two films. Okay. In both, the family has no money, mm-hmm. and they are bequeathed the mansion through a late uncle on the father's side. In both, there are 12 ghosts haunting the mansion. That's Beautiful. about where, what okay. they have in common, yeah. So uh, in the original, most of the ghosts in the mansion are indeed souls that the uncle collected for experiments mm-hmm. on the supernatural. His name is Plato... Um, shit tits. That's uh, a wild name. Zorba. <laughs> okay, wait, that's even weirder. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but okay. <laughs> Plato shit tits or Plato Zorba, yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Dr. Zorba. Okay. Plato Zorba. Um, I got distracted by the shit tits. Who okay. wouldn't? So the original most of the ghosts in the mansion are souls that he collected. Right. 11 of them. However, the 12th ghost is him. He okay. did die. So the lawyer killed him for his riches. <gasps> yeah. And there were literally piles of cash hidden throughout the estate that the lawyer what? wanted. Yeah. So his lawyer killed him for riches. And basically the family <laughs> inherited this house. And he was like, I did not anticipate having a family here. I should tell them they're like hella ghosts and that'll scare them away. And then they're like, no, nah, we really need a house because fun story. The father was three months behind on payments yeah. because they have no money. And so repo people came and took all of their furniture. So it's Buck's birthday, the, the son. Yeah. And they have no furniture anymore because in the middle of the celebration, people came and took all of the furniture. No, I have to see this movie. <laughs> Wild. No. Oh, the person that plays Wicked Witch of the West. I've okay, never, yeah. I've, I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. She's like famous for that shit. She's in the original. Is She's she? the housekeeper. That's... Dope, okay. I, and she holds I really a broom see most of the time. Is like, a, you know her, right? Oh my yeah. god, I gotta see this. Yeah. Uh, so the lawyer's like, shit, I should scare them away. Mm-hmm. But then they need a house. They don't have furniture. They right. don't have a house. And so they move in. And he tries to like extra scare them. But the ghosts are also scaring them. 
anyway, you find out that there are 12 ghosts, and in order to move on, a 13th needs to join them. So that's kind of similar. It, yeah, I was like similar, like to end the ritual. Like, yeah. You need that 13th. Yeah. And so the son gets too close to finding the money, and the lawyer tries to kill him. <gasps> uh, but it's his birthday. <laughs> not <So> now. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not the, um, it's what not is the day it? of his birthday. Who? It's not the day of his birthday. It's not the day of No, like the day of his birthday was the day that they lost all their furniture and they you inherited the house. On the day of my son's birthday, my you give me ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find that fucking meme. It's so good. You come to me on the day of my toilet's quinceanera. <laughs> it's, it's really good. We'll post it. We'll post it. We will. We will. Extended show notes. Reminder for me. Um, but so the lawyer like, keeps visiting the house and the family and stuff. And the ghosts are doing their bit and being frightful. Being ghosts, yeah. yeah. And for sure. And then the lawyer's also trying to be spooky. And he comes in, he sees that the son is getting too close, so he tries to kill the son. Not on his birthday. Neither mm. of their birthday, as far as I know. And Dr. Zorba's ghost murders the lawyer. Uh, yeah. So the lawyer killed Dr. Zorba by dropping the canopy of his four-poster bed upon him and smothering him. And that's how the ghost killed the lawyer. Oh, I love consistency. Yeah. yeah. No consistency. We'll just Don't. like drop your no angry. <laughs> the difference. Uh-huh. Ugh. So in that version, the big bad is the lawyer who betrayed the confidence of his friend and client. I like that more. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool. So let's compare this to the remake. Let Our us. version. Let's. So in the original, Cyrus is the nephew. Yes. And so I thought that was interesting where they're like, oh, it's so many years later and Cyrus is the uncle. And so it could be like a weird continuity thing. It's not. But it's just like they took the name Cyrus, but they changed every single other name. Oh, so Cyrus is the nephew in the original. Yes. Cyrus and is now awesome. Cyrus is the uncle in this one. Yep. Okay. Took me a minute. I was like, hold on. Which yeah, one? No, it's weird. Okay. Uh, it's so interesting. In our version, the newer one, Cyrus traps souls in order to open the eye of hell so that he can make hella money. While both versions... How do you make money from opening hell? Uh, he could see past, present, and future. And when you have infinite knowledge, you can buy I was just very... That because, was what confused me the most about yeah. this movie. Is I was like, what does he want with these ghosts? But I guess yeah. that makes sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, while both versions, like Dr. Zorba and Cyrus, collect ghosts for their own benefit, to me, there are different levels here. Yeah. So while Dr. Zorba isn't squeaky clean, he's not actively plotting the murder of at least four people and negligent deaths <laughs> of half a dozen others. Yeah, fair. And then in this one... The lawyer still sucks, and he still tries to take the money, but he's not ultimately the main antagonist. Right. Like, he's kind of just like a, eh, he's here. Yeah, he's yeah. just a squirmy, squirmy? Slimy. He's kind of squirmy, too. He yeah. just, you know, he wanders around, squirms around. Yeah. Squirm o'clock somewhere. Squirm o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Said the lawyer. Uh, so the lawyer's not the ultimate antagonist. Cyrus is. Mm -hmm. He personally preys upon the vulnerability of Arthur's family in order to secure more mm -hmm. wealth. So the source of the conflict changed. And this is where I get into my very, well, it's already nerdy. I was about to say, this is where I get nerdy. I've already been there. Classic Kate. <laughs> uh, this is where I get into my specific AP English nerd realm. Love it. Uh, so when I talk about conflict, mm -hmm. there are a lot of different ways of engaging with it. So I couldn't remember if I'd actually talked about the types of conflicts, like the categories of conflict before. I it's possible you might have, but so I, I'm not positive. So. I did a search in the Google Drive, and I had a few notes about it in Ginger Snaps, but it okay. was in the section where it's like, if I feel like bringing that up, I will. Okay. I might not have. <clears throat> so I have no idea if I've talked about this before. We'll, we'll see. But regardless, I'm going into much more detail. Okay, perfect. Okay. So conflict. You don't really have a story without conflict. Mm -hmm. It's what drives the plot. Otherwise, just a series of unconnected events occur right. to someone. 
and conflict can be internal or external. And there are seven generally recognized. Some people separate out a few and like make them more discreet. But I think that the list of seven is good. So there's person versus person. And originally the list is man versus man. Man right. versus fate. And like, fuck that. So no. women can have conflict too. And so can non-binary folks. Yeah. I can be a murderer. Women can do anything. <laughs> I can be a murderer. <laughs> We've done this exact joke and yep. it still lands, okay? I love it. <laughs> so person versus person. Person versus self. Person versus fate. Okay. Person versus society, person versus nature, person versus the unknown, and person versus technology. Okay. We definitely have talked about this, but I don't remember yes. when. So this is cool. Okay. We're about to get into more because I'm going to give yeah. examples of each one. Uh, so in most stories, you have a combination of them. It's not just like one conflict drives the plot. There are like right. so many conflicts over the course of it. Uh, and there are two internal and five external. Mm-hmm. And the internal ones are person versus self and versus fate slash destiny. So person versus self is someone battling with their darkest nature or guilt or selfishness, some sort of internal moral conflict. Mm -hmm. And originally, I was going to make every single example of types of conflict from Avatar The Last Airbender, but I did lose steam. (laughs) So I mixed them up. What a nice choice, but okay. (laughs) Well, it's a really good, like, it has a lot of examples. I mean, it has a lot. Yeah, you're right. And it has, like, that overarching, like, this spans centuries and also just years. I was just sitting here going, well, I wonder what horror movie they're going to say. Like, what horror movie are they going to say they were going to use? And then you said Avatar The Last Airbender. And I was like, boy, I was not on the same page. (laughs) But I'm on there now and I like it. Yeah. So most of my examples are not horror, but some of them are. (laughs) We'll get to it. So uh, from Avatar The Last Airbender, you can see person versus self. Zuko goes through this. Oh. So much. Oh, poor Zuko. When he has to really think about why he's been mindlessly hunting the Avatar, and suddenly he realizes he should help, not hurt. Mm -hmm. So you see that internal conflict that he struggles through. Takes episodes. Uh, Worth it, though. And then this one, I was like, well, I could choose a different one. And I was like, no. So person versus fate is very Greek. It's very Greek tragedy, specifically. Yes. One of the common themes in Greek plays is basically you cannot thwart destiny. Right. If there's a prophecy, it will come to pass despite or because of what you do. Right. So if we want to take Oedipus Rex as the example, Mm -hmm. the driving force of conflict is Oedipus versus his destiny. So for anyone that hasn't read it, that's that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Me? (laughs) I I don't know. I read it for school. And I loved reading it, but it's also not something that everyone has to read. No one has to read anything. So short version. Oedipus is, there are going to be a lot of names and I apologize. Oedipus's birth father, Laius, king of Thebes, mm-hmm. received a prophecy that his son would kill him. So he was like, no, I'll just kill my kid so they can't kill me. Very Classic. Easy. Yeah. So he gave Oedipus to Yocasta, his wife, Oedipus's mother, and said, okay, well, you do it. She couldn't kill him, so she gave that duty to a servant who either, different stories, left the baby on a mountain or pawned him off to a shepherd. In either case, the shepherd was like, guys, this is a baby. And Y'all, took, this is a baby, this though. This is a baby. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. This it's is a baby. baby. Uh, so he took Oedipus to the king and queen of Corinth, and they raised Oedipus as their own. However, when he grows up, he receives a prophecy that he'll kill his father and marry his mother. So he tries to avoid that by just dipping. He's like, peace, I'm out. So he's traveling. He in, He's on his way to Thebes. And he encounters this rich man and his servants, and they get into a fight. This is not, this is true, a fight over whose chariot had the right of way. We've and, all been there. Yeah. Four-way stops? They're tough, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Oedipus ends up killing the man. You uh, could say he was Oedipist. Oh, air horn noises again! 
<laughs> God, she's back at it. That was excellent. Thank you. I've uh-huh. been planning it since you said Oedipus. <laughs> I was just like, come on, make He's gonna be angry at some point. <laughs> gotta do it. So, uh, the man that he killed mm-hmm. was Laius, his birth father. Oh! <laughs> yeah. He did not know this. Right. Neither of them knew this because Laius thought Oedipus was dead because he thought right. he killed him. And Oedipus did not know that his parents that he grew up with weren't his birth parents. Oh, God. And you know he meets that. You know he meets that queen, though. And so, he's like, sup. <laughs> he gets to Thebes and he solves the Sphinx's riddle. Uh, apparently, the Sphinx had been eating travelers who couldn't solve her riddle. And it was like this bane on Thebes. It was like this curse, whatever. So he solves her riddle. And as a reward, he has crowned the king of Thebes and the hand of the queen, Yocasta. So he has unknowingly killed his father and married his mother. This is where Oedipus Rex like starts. This is like all told by the chorus as the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> so because both Laius and Oedipus tried to outwit fate, all of this happened. They just stumbled right into it. So it's right. again reinforcing like you cannot thwart destiny. Right. It's avoiding happen. it is just going to make it happen. You, yeah. you can't. Okay. Yeah. So there are other versions of like person versus fate. Like right. some po- folks talk about like Harry Potter, but like no, I don't I like very this time one. to J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I can't make any more good puns. This was good. Okay, we got Oedipus. We're we got on. Oedipus. Okay. We're good. So those are the two internal. Yeah. Now on to the external. The most basic and straightforward is person versus person. It's like protagonist versus antagonist, good guy versus bad guy. So in Avatar: The Last Airbender, <laughs> Aang battles the Fire Lord, person versus person. Cool. Yeah. Classic. Sometimes you gotta do it. Sometimes you gotta do it. Uh, person versus nature, just what it sounds like. Uh, in the movie, Twister, it's humans against tornadoes. Or in Crawl, it's human versus gator. <laughs> Apex head, predator. In my head, immediately, I was like, oh, like Troll 2, when they all have to fight the trolls who are, like, made of grass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I've had a hot toddy. Okay? Incredible. Sorry. It's who I am now. I am this hot toddy. This hot toddy is me. I'm made of it. So person versus society is one person or like group of people mm-hmm. against societal structures or belief systems. Okay. The conflict is between what the character needs or wants versus what society expects or demands. So like in The Scarlet Letter, Hester is shunned by society because she had a child out of wedlock. Right. She did a thing that went against societal mores and that was a source of conflict. Right. <clears throat> uh, person versus technology is super common in sci-fi, but it's certainly not limited to that. Yeah. Uh, it's what happens when technology goes too far or our inventions bite us in the ass or try to murder us. You could say that Terminator or Alien are examples yeah. of this. Person versus the unknown can also be called person versus the supernatural. And obviously, we've covered that a shit ton. Yeah. So paranormal activity, person Just, versus supernatural. Right. And that's what drives the bulk of the plot in 13 Ghosts. Right. But as we mentioned, the ghosts are ultimately imprisoned by Cyrus. I really, I read this in my notes. I meant to take it out. Because it was a moment where I was just like, I want to make a chart about all the conflicts that occurred oh in this God. movie. <laughs> I did not. But I oh, wanted to. But you wanted to. <clears throat> so the ultimate driver of conflict, the reason for the season, is Cyrus. <laughs> in, the, season. <laughs> in the original, it's the lawyer. So what does it do when we shift the blame from a trusted friend to an estranged millionaire? What does it say about framing of struggles? Where do we place societal blame? And in the original, there's a relatively benevolent, wealthy eccentric whose scheming lawyer preys upon an impoverished family. Yeah. In the remake, the rich intentionally preys upon the poor. I'm not saying this is a socialist movie. I just think that it's interesting when the fault is transferred. So right. why was this story changed? To make it more appealing or interesting? Why would this change draw us in more? Mm-hmm. And as per usual, I don't have answers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's fun asking why certain elements are changed. Like the type of conflict stayed yeah. the course, but the antagonist changed. Very intrigued. And That's why? interesting. 
So it could be like, okay, well, we wanted to make a different movie. Well, you, you were already doing that by virtue of being like four right. years later. So what was it about changing the conflict? What, what was it about locating the fault within Cyrus that made it more relevant or more impactful right. or more interesting? Was it because you wanted a twist? Was it because of like, you can't trust millionaires? That's not it. I don't think they thought that. God, <laughs> but you can't You though. can't. You can't. No. But anyway, that's society. Interesting. I didn't even think about that because, well, one, I didn't know that the lawyer was the mm -hmm. shitty guy in the first one. But yeah, I mean, I can understand the twist making sense because, mm -hmm. I mean, it is a twist too because mm -hmm. you're like, what? He's bad. And also he's alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whatever. We'll get to it. But that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to tell myself it's a socialist movie to make oh, myself yeah. love it even more. Yeah. Socialists unite behind this cult film. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Oh, God. That means it's time for horror. <laughs> and I've got thoughts. And I'm mad. Are you ready? Maybe. Let's go! <laughs> let's fucking dig into it. Yes, let's. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say what makes me mad. Yes. I um, guess. Do you want to guess? I, I bet that it's the utter madness of camera angles and movement. A ding, ding, ding. Oh. Um... I I love practical effects. We've talked about this. I think that it's super cool when movies use practical effects. I also think it's really cool when like there are visual effects that are super dope and look great too. And this movie had both. But you wouldn't fucking know it because they do not let you look at a character or a moment for longer than five fucking seconds. It's a very frantic pace. And I'm not saying that that doesn't always work, but you can't do it the whole time. Mm -hmm. And also, here's my comparison. Here's this movie, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I thought about this today and it clicked in my head and I went, oh, that's exactly what it is. And bear with me on this because it's gonna sound ridiculous at first. I love it already. This movie is like SpaghettiOs. Hmm. Okay? Yes. Because vegans can't have them. Got it. Bam. <laughs> How'd you know? I'm such a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this movie is like SpaghettiOs because one, I ate SpaghettiOs as a child, mm. and so I have a taste for them, and I mm. love them. Mm -hmm. And I eat them now, right? Sometimes you get a craving. Mm -hmm. I go out, and I'm like, oh, I gotta have some SpaghettiOs. So I'll go out, I'll get some SpaghettiOs, I'll eat them, and I'll think, this isn't good. This is doing nothing for my body. This uh -huh. isn't helping me in any way. But I like it. Yeah. Like, I'm having a good time. I eat it, I feel sick after, and then I'm like, shouldn't have eaten the SpaghettiOs, but here we are. That's this goddamn movie. That makes sense, yeah. I, I watch it and I think, this sucks. This is doing nothing for me. I'm furious. And then it ends and I go, God, I should watch that movie again. Like, <laughs> there's something in it. I think it is the combination of it being really weird and the fact that it's got an actor I love, Matthew Lillard. Like, it's, it's got just enough to keep me in. And it's got that nostalgia where I watched this when I was young and I thought, mm -hmm. like, oh, it's so cool. And then watching it now, you're kind of like... I feel sick, but whatever. I'd do it again. Yep. So 100%. This movie is just the SpaghettiOs of film, okay? That is a very, very <sighs> insightful way of... Thank you. Yes, examining And this. this could just be, like, my specific brain that just doesn't enjoy this type of editing. No, that's not just you. Okay. Based on the reviews I read, no. <laughs> because I, I bring this up every episode, and I know that, but sorry. I have ADHD, so mm -hmm. when you don't... Like, you do things too fast or too, like, I'm going to either lose interest because you're not showing me enough to keep my attention, huh. but you're showing me so much at once that I'm also overwhelmed. Oh. 
So I was like, I don't know where to look. So I don't want to look. Okay, that's really interesting because I have a hard time paying. A- okay, we talked about this with Mandy. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod or behind the s- scenes. I, we I, we may have talked about it a little bit. We're like, I got so bored watching. Yes, we the did talk about the shots bit. of Mandy because I'm like, cool. I understand the artistry of this, but I personally cannot watch 30 seconds of someone right. slowly coming out of the water. The shot doesn't change. You just right. have to keep looking at it. Bores me to tears. But this movie, it felt like a challenge. And I'm a very, like, type A person right. where it's like, you think I can't see it all? Well, I will. So it and makes so, sense. Yeah. It's the, very much like, I can't pay attention to things for very long. And so it just keeps showing me more things. Right. Like, you think I can't catch it, but I will. So it totally makes sense that this could be for some people and couldn't be for others. Because for me, it was like torture. Oh, Because, God. like, I, my brain wants to look at everything at once. So when you don't show it for very long... I don't know what to focus on. Mm. So instead I, I give up and I'm like, I'll just look away. So I miss stuff. Oh man. Okay. So I missed a bunch of like, like the ghosts talking or making any sound at all. I don't know because there were times where I was like, well, I can't see them. So why look like, and I would just like look at my phone or look at my notes and just okay. like, so it's like, it's bittersweet because I do love this movie. There is something about it that will keep bringing me back. We just watched this not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, I fell asleep, but yes, I came back awake and I went, came back awake. Yes, I woke <laughs> back up and I went, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I was like, you fucking liar. You fell asleep. What? I literally lied directly to your face and knew it. Uh-huh. You were like, you fell asleep. And I went, no. Like, I just was like, just lie to her. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, no, there's no, no, no repercussions for lying. And I still was like, I'm going to do it. So... I wanted to enjoy this as much as I had when I was a kid, but my ADHD brain was like, fuck this. Like every second I was like, just show me the ghost. They worked so hard on the makeup. And I saw the behind the scenes photos that our horrible blog post friend posted. And they're really cool. Friend of the pod, you can say it. Our sweet friend of the pod. (laughs) Yes. We'll invite him on. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw the photos and they have dope. And I would have loved to have seen it on camera. But I didn't. Yeah, you get long shots of a few of the ghosts, but not even and close even to all then, of them. Even, even when then, even when they are wearing very... the glasses, and you're supposed to be like, like, "Oh, the... they're wearing the glasses. Yeah. You should be able to see them. They're flickering." Yeah, I found that maddening that they flickered oh, even was... when you had the glasses on. I was furious. I just wanted to see it, and maybe that's what keeps bringing me back to the movie. Is I feel like I didn't see it, mm-hmm. so I'm like, "Well, maybe this time I'll catch it," and I don't because it's the same movie so it's weird because like i'm upset about this Mm -hmm. like i was with the fourth kind Mm -hmm. but i love this movie yeah so there's something bittersweet where i'm like i'm i'm pissed off but god damn i want to watch it again like (laughs) to me this movie is just so like balls to the walls that i'm just like i want to keep watching it because it keeps me like active the whole time i will say one of the scenes i really like is the slowest scene in the movie and it's the only scene that is like relatively slow the ghost still flickers but it flickers a little less and i can get a little bit of a sense of what's happening and it's the scene with the daughter and the ghost in the bathroom Mm. because you you're getting a little bit just a little bit slower because the daughter's moving in slow-mo and you're getting like some shots of the ghost in the tub and it at least let me look at it so even if it wasn't the most interesting ghost because you do see her the most so it was kind of like yeah i've seen her it was still a moment my brain could look at and be like, okay. Like, <laughs> I love the depth of that ghost, though. I do. Because, like, you see immediately, okay, this can be getting too far afield and you can, like, ring me back. No, no, no. Let's see. Um, 
So there's like a range of malevolence for the ghosts. Some of yes. them just It actually don't. goes from the first ghost yeah, down to the bottom. More or less. There's like one or two outliers, but basically but yes. like ghost number one is least dangerous. It's like the little kid with the arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this ghost killed the lawyer, like pretty upfront, but she didn't actually kill him. She no. just like, she had a knife. Scared she was him. going to. Yeah. And she just walked towards him until he walked into a danger trap pit thing into yeah danger. and he also fucking mocked her and was disgusting yeah. to her before mm-hmm. so like and so listen. it was like he as you sow so shall you reap yes uh sorry i got stuck because my aunt has a cross stitch as you sow so shall you rip like seam ripping <laughs> and so it's like that's funny yeah and so as a costume well, that's funny yeah so every time i say it, i'm like hold on is it rip or reap i need to know this uh, and then I also think before I say so, I'm like, which spelling of so is it? They sound the same. <laughs> they do sound the same. It wouldn't matter. Anyway, so like, he mocked her. He was being shitty. And then she was like, you were mean. And he backed up and was like, I was just joking, whatever. And then he dies. <laughs> so <laughs> you him. see that she has the potential to be threatening. Yeah. And then you see her in the bathroom and there's just so much like wistfulness and longing when she's watching the daughter like preening in front of the mirror. Yeah. And I do, like, how many times can you move the same strain of hair? Oh my Come God. on. I was like, is that what you think teenage girls do? Anyway, just yeah. the same strand over and over. I got mad. That, that was my angriest moment. But um, basically, you see the ghost where she doesn't have to be evil. She's like, okay, well, if you're going to chill, I'm going to chill. I'm just going to take a bath. And she so kind of does, yeah. She just takes a bath and she only starts to become aggressive when her space is being infringed upon. Right. And I thought that was really cool to see that depth because you see like this confusion yeah. in that ghost face because she's like, hold on, this is my bath. Like right. I am taking a bath. Please leave me alone. She's one of the few ghosts that gets any kind of, because you really don't get a backstory on them. That's another thing I don't love is that you get a little bit from the woman who's explaining like the the bound woman, the this, mm-hmm. the juggernaut, but she doesn't explain like why they died, what happened, mm-hmm. why they are that character. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of find that information on your own. Yeah, there's like behind the scenes in like the DVD version. There is, yeah. But you have to actually seek it out. You have to seek it out. Yeah. Which, and I've done, I've looked it up. And she's the only one that they even give you like a little bit of like, this happened to her. You can kind of from context clues figure out what happened. And you can see it in her acting. Yeah. She's the ghost that gives the most, like... In her face. Yeah. She has the most depth. Yeah. Because, like, every other ghost, you're just like, that ghost is angry. That ghost wants to hurt you. That's kind of the vibe you get from yeah. all of them. But for her, you get a lot of, like, regret and, and like... pain. I don't want to be here. Yeah. This is my space. Like, you get a lot of... She's one of the few good acting moments. Like... Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I agree with you. Like, that scene... It's not necessarily like, I don't want to say it's my favorite only because it's slow, because it is one of the only moments where you get depth from a ghost, mm. but it also kind of felt forced to be my favorite because mm. one, it's the only moment you get where a ghost shows you like how much depth it has besides the the mom, but like, we'll get to that. But like, it's also one of the only moments where you can fucking see the ghost for longer than a second. So it felt a little forced to be yeah. like, this scene's going to be your favorite because it's all you kind of have. But it also is very good. So 
I want to know your thoughts on one of the opening scenes. So yeah. it's not like the original like opening scene with like Cyrus and Dennis and whatever. Right. But it's when you see like the kids playing in the yard saying things that no siblings would say to each other. You're the best little brother. No older <laughs> sister says yeah. that to a younger brother. And they're just I, like, I'm a younger sibling. I know. They're doing like a, a one-on-one on one Red Rover. Like I don't yeah. know what they're doing, but they're like, no. come get me. Like, <laughs> And they don't just profess their love for each other. Like that's not the relationship of like I'm an only child, siblings. but I even I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> I love my sister desperately. She's three years older than me. She did not say that to me. <laughs> she and I have a great oh, relationship. Oh. Like, she's an absolute gem. But, but yeah. Kids like, are shitheads. Right. To each just... other. Like, that's the point. And <laughs> that's like what siblings are. Shitheads. Uh, of varying ages and abilities. But anyway. Uh, so you get this pan shot of like them watching their kids like, oh, aren't they darling? Oh, I love you so much. And then it just goes through the room. And you see yeah, I have uh, notes on this. the time changing and the light changing and over it you hear like their happiness and then like, oh, what's happening? And then like you hear the fire alarm right. and all these things until you pan back around and the room is so, totally changed. I have thoughts on this. I did take notes. Let me see if I can find the specific note on this moment because I did, I had thoughts on it. Um... So here's what I wrote, and let's see if I agree with it. I said, deciding to give us the backstory with just sound over their new apartment is a very interesting choice. I wonder if they had to act any of this out, and then it got cut for any reason. And I wonder if it was always meant to be a voiceover. So I don't know, obviously. Like, I don't know if this was always a voiceover, if it became one eventually. Like, huh. But it's interesting. I will say that it's an interesting shot. But it doesn't fit the rest of the movie because it is so slow. But at the same time, they're not in the house, like the new house, mm-hmm. where this whole movie takes place. So it could be, it's supposed to be like a juxtaposition of like, look how slow their life is and look how... Look how serene. And then slowly right. it declines into right. a different home, a different room where they have like Because they turn, no light. turn and look how it changed. And then you start with like the happy photograph and then the singed edges photograph. Yeah. yeah. So you really get like, it's a cool shot one because it's an interesting way to do, I feel like it's a time saver. It's really oh, cool yeah. to give us a backstory without having to be like... Here's this, here's that, here's that. Or have the characters say to each other, do you remember when mom died in the exactly. fire? Exactly. So they also did that a little bit with the little brother, which I actually like. His character is that he's like weirdly obsessed with death, mm-hmm. but in a way that's like a little bit unsettling because you're like, why are you like this? But then you realize like, he's experienced death yeah. so young that like his coping mechanism is to just be weirdly okay about it. Yeah. So you kind of get a little bit of the explanation of what happened with his mom shown through his personality. Which is cool, because he, like, says it to the lawyer. Our mom died in a fire! And you immediately, one, know what happened to her, and two, get a sense for his personality. Yeah. So it's interesting, and I feel like the shot is similar to that. Where it's like, we're going to show you a lot of stuff in such a short amount of time with just voiceover, so that way, like, we can save time and just be like, let's go. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. And I think, but I also, my hand feels forced because I feel like I have to like it because so much of the movie is so fast for my brain that I don't like that part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel like I have to like this part. But it is interesting. So, so yes, I, I, I like it. I, it's unique, I will say. I feel like you don't get a lot of moments where all of your backstory is done in a voiceover. Mm -hmm. Some of it might be, 
Yeah. But usually it's the voiceover is over like scenes of the moment or yeah. whatever. This one's just boom, voiceover. Yeah. It reminds me very much. I can't think of like what specific movie or whatever it is, but uh-huh. like you're watching seasons change and you're hearing yes. like the events of a city or a town or whatever over that. You know what it kind of reminds me no. of? Oh, <laughs> Everyone's going to love this. A goofy movie. Oh my God. I've don't. I love a goofy, a goofy movie. movie. We'll watch it. It <clears throat> reminded me of... The scene in Twilight, New Moon, yeah, where she's yeah. sitting in her chair and all the seasons are changing around her and she hasn't moved. So it's like a way to, it's just a way to show you like things are changing. We don't have time to just go through this whole thing with you, but like, please believe us, time is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how I felt about it. I had notes where I was hmm. like, yeah, yeah, like, I think I like it, but Yeah. I don't know. I try. Okay. So this is something that in my notes, I wanted to see if there was a trope for it. Yeah. Because like different methods of info dumping. Mm -hmm. So info dumping is usually like a pejorative. It's usually like not a positive thing to say. It's not great. Yeah. No. And so usually we have like the, we talked about in order to avoid the Mr. Exposition character, you have the Watson, who's like the audience surrogate that's asking the questions so that there's a logical reason for the characters to be explaining things. Yeah. And so there are a lot of different ways that one could info dump. Sometimes it's like the professor giving a lecture. Right. Uh, Sometimes. I don't there are a lot of different ways and so I wanted to see if there was a subtrope where it was via confession where you get so much of the mechanics of the story through someone like screaming out of like angst like I'm a freak I see ghosts <laughs> yeah because you do get that with uh-huh. yeah which and even we'll get to it I I my last note on the the, the turning voiceover thing I do wonder if it's also a little bit to keep the moment of seeing her as a ghost yeah. a little bit of a surprise because like you hear her voice, you know what happened to her, but she, and you see like a photo of her a little bit. You really don't get a lot of information on her. So I think when you, you find out like she's a ghost, she kind of talks to the kid in the basement. You're not positive. I think it's meant to keep you in the dark just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. So like if you're, paying attention enough obviously you're gonna be like oh well that's the mom but if you don't i mean you could still be surprised so it could be there to potentially keep some people surprised yeah so i wonder if that's like that but like you said about matthew lillard's part in this where he does info dump i liked it i love everything matthew lillard does me too it's hard for me to be mean to him because i love him so much i liked it because i think it's great that he's like I'm fed up and I'm just going to tell you everything now, which obviously is good for us because we can finally know yeah. what the fuck's happening and you, the family learns it. So and he's like in physical and mental anguish and yes. he's being needled by someone that he doesn't like. And he's like, I'm a fucking freak. I see right. ghosts and I have seizures because of it. And so I'm like, you tell him, right. Dennis. He gives you a reason to love him and hate him because like one, he kept information Two, like he did all of this for money, but he also through the whole movie is showing you that he is in so much pain that his info dump doesn't feel um, unwarranted. It's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, like he deserves to just be like, here, fine. Like if you want to know everything, I'll fucking tell you. And he does really give it his all with bodily oh, fluids. You know he does. <laughs> like the spit, the like spit up, like this. Like he's, he always, oh. he's like, yeah, I'll drill on this. Don't worry. I got you, fam. <laughs> and you know what? I love I it. fucking love Matthew Lillard. I love it. I, when I, it took me everything not to get rid of that blog post. I'm glad I kept going. But as soon as he said, like, I wasn't going to watch this because it had Matthew Lillard. I was like, bruh, what? <laughs> I was like, that man is a treasure? What's wrong with you? He's a gift to us. 
Oh my God. He's incredible. Also, he pulled his signature move in this movie. I don't know if you noticed. He got as close as he can to another man and didn't kiss him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And got, then he like walked around him when he didn't have to. He got so close to the lawyer and I was like, just do it. <laughs> Put your chin on his shoulder. Just give him a look. Uh-huh. Oh my God. So yeah, I was like, oh, the, his signature move. Um, but yeah, I like that, that info dump. I, I like when an info dump is warranted because then it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah am I even using that right? Warranted? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, I like when it makes sense. Cause if it doesn't, it, like you said, it feels so unnatural mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, great. Thanks. Like this is for me. This is clearly, it has no substance to the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can get into my like action. I did take notes. I was furious, but I did my best to take notes on like the horror of this movie and see what I liked. Um, I do, I did like this shot a lot when it first opened and I was kind of into it. They show the billowing caution tape. Did you mm, notice that at the very beginning? Yeah. I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. It set the tone of like, this is Danger. eerie. Like, get ready. This is and spooky. Like abandoned cars yeah. where it's very much like this is the fringes. This is like on the outskirts of town. Yeah. This is... And also a classist thing of yes. like, yeah. It also just gave the feeling of like all of the people that you're seeing just aren't somewhere they should be kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it, it really felt like, well, whatever they're doing is bad. Like it was a cool way to be like, these aren't the good guys. <laughs> um, I also said Cyrus, when they show him, he looks like the definition of like, if you looked up the word tycoon and then just saw him <laughs> with yeah. his cane and his scarf. And- eccentric billionaire. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But not benevolent eccentric. Just Malevolent, Malevolent. eccentric. <laughs> uh, my next note was, it's my boy, Matthew. <laughs> uh, I think he's great. I, I think he gives it his all in this, and I don't care what anyone says. Like, listen, even though it wasn't a great movie, he really just gave it his all, and I think it's great. Um, What did I say? What is this? I said, oh, I don't know who said this. You told me someone who said this once, and I just said, much like the wise whoever said this, if ghosts could kill people, white men would never have survived this long. So I was like, that's how we know that this is definitely not how ghosts actually act. Uh, I can actually give the full credit to it because I yes. thought originally when I said that, and I thought we were going to cut it out. And so I was like, oh, I don't have to like cite this source, whatever. Right. No, that's Amanda from Wine and Crime. <laughs> and she was talk. I think she was citing something else. I don't remember, but it made me cackle well, when she said it because I was like, that's right. <laughs> It made so much sense. And the whole time I was watching this, I was like, this is how you know this movie's not true. Uh-huh. Because if ghosts could hurt people... white people are still alive. White people would be dead. <laughs> so I thought about that when I was watching this because I was like, if that ghost actually could kill people... <laughs> I feel like La Larry's haunted. Not haunted enough. Not haunted enough. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so yeah. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> um, also, I did going off of that note i said this movie really begs the question like what would it be like if ghosts were just violent Mm. like what would it what would life be like because like obviously i think all the ghosts the point of them is that they were killed in circumstances that would cause anger grief and like rage yeah so they're because the whole you know ghosts unfinished business type thing if you read the backstory of all the ghosts they are killed in ways where they're angry they die in ways that they're angry and they've been like 
mistreated a lot of the times yeah. in these stories. Like the guy with the nails through him, his backstory yes. is absolutely crushing. I didn't even get to that one because I got so like, I was like, I, I can't. And some of them, and this is why I didn't read them at the beginning, is that some of them just are bad. Like Ableism. the bound woman yeah. is very victim blamey yeah. where it's like, well, she was caught cheating. So of course she was murdered. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So that's why I didn't even go into that because I was like, it's not a good starter. If you're interested, I mean, I recommend it. It's interesting, but I say brace yourselves and definitely look up oh, content warnings. Like, yeah. just, you know, they're rough. Um, but like I said, all of the ghosts die in ways that are very like angry and upsetting. So this movie shows us like, what what's it like if you harbor the anger you have in life and it comes back to you in death? Yeah. What if it's manipulated? Like, what if it is intentionally harnessed to use against other people? Like, what if all of the rage you feel is just, like, basically used to power something else? It's just so interesting. And that's another thing that I feel like upset me a little bit about the movie, is that, like, we get a lot of anger from Mm -hmm. the one ghost that... Mm -hmm. Scorned woman? What's her... Do you remember her name? Uh, well, the angry princess. So that's it. Is angry the, princess. Is that's the... who I'm speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> Kate did emotional. Huge tracks of land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, she's the only one that we get a lot of like backstory for and like emotion from, which I feel like is a little exploitative because I feel like the reason we get the most from her is because she is nude and that was going to attract viewers. Yeah. yeah. So like, even though I'm happy we do get something from her, I'm like. Oh, kind of understand why you guys did this yeah Yeah. oh i have qualms with this movie for sure oh god yes but what i'm saying is i wish that we had gotten that from like him yeah because all we got was simmering rage and i'm like that's not all he is and i i wish that a little bit every ghost had been given a little bit of like that bittersweet thing that the angry princess gets where it's like i'm angry yeah but like there's good reason and Mm -hmm. i'm only doing this because like one, I'm being used for a fucking machine. And uh-huh. two, like, you're in my space. I'm upset. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted there to be a little more depth yes. with the ghosts. I wanted to feel something more. And unfortunately, you only get that from literally one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, backstories of them are all rough. But it is interesting to to try to show you what it would be like if ghosts could fucking murder you. Yeah. Um, also, <clears throat> this child... The son of the movie, I was like, yo, this child is literally just a true crime podcaster. And like, (laughs) I was dying. He was like recording stuff. And I was like, literally put one Casper ad and that kid is just, he's doing it. Purple mattress. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He was like, they found him beheaded. Speaking of beheaded, like, I lost my head when I used (laughs) HelloFresh. Like, this kid, he was like my favorite. I I loved him. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I love the malaprops because, like, he's clearly someone that reads beyond his years. Yes. And so, like, he's not going to know all the words. And there was, like, decapitated. Decapitated was huge heroic. I love that. And that was the thing I loved about him and Maggie is that you get this relationship of, like, he's a cutie pie. The things he's saying is not super cute, but their relationship is cute. So it mm-hmm. almost balances out where you're like, oh, she's teaching him a word. Oh, it's decapitated. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I thought that was great. I thought their whole dynamic was great. The family itself, they're, they're cute. I, I liked them. The daughter's acting is a little, um, not amazing. No. <laughs> uh, she was pulled because she's from the, I know what you did last summer? Or, is she? Hold on. She's, she's in American Pie. I know that. That's it. 
Okay. Uh, and then something else. But she was like the famous actress yeah, that at the like, time was pulled she was... in to do the thing. Let me see what her other role <sighs> was. And she's not incredible. But I mean, you know, listen, she's trying. <laughs> okay, I know why I was confused. <laughs> oh yeah, what's up? Uh, so she was in American Pie and uh-huh. Scary Movie. Okay. Not I Know What You Did Last Summer. Which Scary Movie, the parody of Scream. Which makes sense because yeah. like her acting is very much like I could picture it in Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily, in here it was a little, it was a little rough, but she's not in it for very long as much as you'd think, I think. It's weird. I don't know. Um, but I do, there's moments with Maggie where Maggie really establishes her character mm-hmm. super well. Mm-hmm. She is one of the few characters, her and Matthew Lillard, that just establish what they are like and who they are immediately. Yeah. You know right away that Maggie is not going to take anyone's shit. No. But she's also, eh, she doesn't care, you know? She's kind of like, eh, do what you want. Yeah. Which is like kind of her downfall, but also her like... Her strength. Her strength in the end. Yeah. So they had two strong characters and yeah. I, I, I liked that. I liked that. Sorry, I choked on my spit. I liked it. So I liked much. it. So good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like when Maggie. Uh, another moment where you find out that like Maggie's gonna say what she wants to say is when the daughter calls her a bitch and throws something at her, and Maggie keeps talking while she's getting hit in the head with like a pillow, and it doesn't even phase her. She's just like, "So here's what you do." Uh huh. Uh-huh, <laughs> I uh-huh. laughed so hard. I love at the end when Maggie just drops an F-bomb. It's like oh they my waited God, the I know. whole fucking movie. They're like, we have two. We got to spend them well. And Maggie's I, just like, fuck this. Literally, my next note was Maggie and Matthew Lillard are dueling it out for best character in this movie. Like, uh-huh. there are clearly two outliers in this film. Mm-hmm. Do you know her name? Her Rodica. actual name? Thank you. They are just dueling it out for, like, best character. Yeah. Because, like, one of them is the comedic relief in this film, and one of them is like the driving force that really gets this plot going they're so good um i had this to say about the key um (laughs) i said if someone ever gave me a key that looked like that and it went into a keyhole that looked like that i would just say you know what actually i'm good you can keep the house i don't know what dark deed you're planning but i don't want it because it doesn't even look a little bit like a key I, I, listen, I can suspend my disbelief for 12 ghosts in a house, but if you gave me a key like that, I'd be like, fuck you. What do you, no. <laughs> this is something that is so, like, purely aughts. It where is. It's just like, they, I don't even know how to put it into words because I've been thinking of this for so long where it's like, we need to make this, like, cutting edge and futuristic. And so things are just, like, overly complex and Overly. Ornate. And to me, it's one of the funniest things about the aughts, like, looking back. So good. And, like, I saw this movie for the first time less than a year ago. Yeah. But it feels so nostalgic to me because I recognize the fashion. I recognize the tech. I recognize the dreaming of future tech. And, like, what does the future look like? And what does this, like, (laughs) wild thing? I loved that. And so the key, I was like, that's the dumbest shit I've seen in a while. And I was like, but it's so... 2000s. This is why this movie is SpaghettiOs. Yeah. It is not good. No. I saw that key and I was like, what the fuck? But if they had made it a regular key, I'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something about this movie that just, it soothes me. I love it. It's I, stupid. I would have loved if, it wouldn't have fit with like the gears and cogs of the house right. with like the machinery thing, but I wanted them to give them like this huge cast iron skeleton key. <laughs> Oh my god, it'd be incredible. And I wouldn't even be surprised. 
Yeah. That's the best thing about movies from the early 2000s is like nothing surprises you. It's just like, okay, of course. Mm-hmm. But it, I love it. It's SpaghettiOs. It, it's its own thing. I hope this becomes a thing. If other movies are SpaghettiOs, I can't wait to find oh, out. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I did say this. I said, I'm just going to say it. I know that it's a ghost jail, but the house is so ugly. I would not have been able to pretend if someone had bequeathed me this beautiful home and they were like, go look at it. And then uh-huh. I saw that. I'd go, come on. It's too much gold for me where it's like the it's not warm colors are not my jam. And then it's just not pretty. Like it's no, not aesthetically pleasing. When she's like, this bathroom. I'm like, it's just a bunch of glass. Like yeah. every other fucking room. There is nothing special about it. It's just a bunch of artifacts that one, you shouldn't fucking have because you're a white man. Yes. And two... It's just glass. There is nothing special. Except the fact that there's a lot of space. I thought I was losing my mind. And yeah. I and I get that. Yeah. Like, going from a tiny apartment where you're all crammed into a space like that, it's gotta be great. But it's also not pretty. It's glorious in the, like, spaciousness. It is not a beautiful room. Oh, it was hideous to look at. And I understand also that it is meant to be, like, a maze and disorient you and be like, where are we? And it does that. But so did your fucking editing so whatever you didn't even you could have had this in a regular one room house and with that editing i still would have been like where the fuck are we i started reading a blog post about continuity errors and i had to stop i was like i can't even i can't i can't um uh i did oh what did i say i said you oh yeah when the ghost is like going to stab the lawyer i said you go girl ghost drag his ass yeah <laughs> i was very excited um i i uh this part bothered me and this again goes back to the oldest daughter's acting it's just like she's acting like she has not seen clean water in her life i wrote in my notes is this her audition for a neutrogena commercial (laughs) she's like yeah water and i'm like okay like you had a tub like y'all had water but she's acting like she's never seen it in her life. And I'm like, And she's I also get like it. splashing over her face, yes. like all of her teeth showing. And I was like, this yeah. could be a toothbrush or toothpaste ad too. Maybe it's for gum. <laughs> it could be for gum. This is what she was like to feel five gum. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, um and this is where we get into my notes about me being angry. So I will say what I actually said and we'll see <laughs> if it, it lines up. It does. I said, it's kind of frustrating that the ghosts flicker in and out of existence constantly. Every shot shows them appearing, disappearing, appearing, disappearing. I just want to see them. I want to see what they look like. And then it just keeps going. It devolved from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I said also, like, the ghosts wait until something sees it to attack in every moment. You so rarely get moments of surprise from the ghosts because they're like, did they see me yet? Okay, now they did. Ah, stab! Like, give me a moment where the ghost sneaks up on him and it's just like, got him! Like, so rarely do we get that. I was hoping for more jump scares from an early 2000s movie. They do um, lampshade jump scares. It's pretty yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate when they do that. What? They wait for you to put your face yes. up against the glass and then boo! I do love that. That yeah. one was one of my favorites. Um, oh, let's see. Okay, uh... Oh, yeah, this part kind of confused me because you also have the ghost hunter sort of person, ghost Kalina. activist. Well, get to her. Um, she confused me because she has this book, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is a real chicken and the egg moment for me because I was like, what came first? 
the ghosts or the the book saying what ghosts you specifically need for this moment do you just sit around and wait like for someone to die that fits that 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 yeah he description? like looked around for deaths that would fit Did he? okay because yeah. i wondered if it was like i don't know i just didn't know i was yeah. very because some of the ghosts are older like the one ghost is from all the way like from the witch trials so i was like it's possible that that book was written before that or after i don't know the book is old as sin is, uh, is that what it well, says slightly after sin okay uh, what but, was the first sin uh, oh don't yeah. eat the apple i get it yeah, I, get I was it. like the garden of eden i know this <laughs> i don't uh, know anything about religion <laughs> that's fine you know the apple that's enough i get it uh but yeah the book is old it's like basilius's okay. whatever theorem it's like what he designed this um ocularis infernum which is a trope later uh <laughs> when he was like possessed by a demon so it's the book written by the devil empowered by the dead <laughs> like the machine i love love just the lines in this movie i'm not they saying were they're cool. good i'm saying i love them they definitely some of the lines are really funny some of the lines are really intense and they did actually have some cool twists i genuinely forgot that the the ghost activist lady was like bad yeah i thought that was cool I was like, I, you genuinely got me. I was like, oh, what? Shit, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think a lot of me, because like, you know, I forget stuff. Like, that's just how it goes. But I think this one was especially bad. I wanted to pay attention so bad. I wanted to understand the lore and like figure it out because of the, the editing and the, the jumpiness. I, I couldn't, I could not. I had to look away. So I missed so many good moments of like explaining what the fuck was going on if it makes you feel better the plot is the weakest part of this movie which so yeah when you said that i was like i feel better at yeah. least knowing that like i'm not missing that much and like but, it is yeah. tenuously connected yeah i feel like there are a lot of plot holes uh yeah um and i i, I did like the one-liners i thought they were great um i will say one of my last favorite moments in lines uh, was this one where he, Tony Shalhoub's character, <sighs> Tony, what's hmm? Tony, what's his name? Arthur. Oh. Arthur. When Arthur is talking to his wife, the ghost of his Jean. wife, Jean, and he's saying like, I'm nothing without you. And she does not reply She's at like, I know. all. And I, she can't of, speak. Right. Part of me is like, is she quiet? Cause she one can't speak. Or two, is she just like, I'm not going to say anything because one, I know it's true. Or two, she's like, I need you to like not, I need you to think more of yourself. So like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Either way, it's just a really, it was a really nice moment yeah. where like, you know, we got to see more interaction than yeah. we have in a while. And it's not this overall moment where she's yeah. saying like, remember, I'll always love you because it's just like her presence, her expressions. Yeah. Her like demeanor is all you need. Right. Like she knows. She's like, I know you need me. I know whatever, but like, you're going to make it without me. Like she was another ghost where we got a lot from her. I, but you kind of expected that obviously. Cause she, like she was tied to the main family and she already had a moment of like it, saving them at the beginning. Exactly. So. so like I wanted more from the other ghosts, but it was nice that we got that moment. Um, that was really all my notes on horror. I, it was, you know, like I said, it was just hard to take notes. Cause I was like, ah, hard to see. Uh, I'm <sighs> going through my notes to see if uh, any of them are <laughs> worth saying. <laughs> and uh, this is just a selection. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, okay. hell yeah. 
I kicked a chair uh, in my happens. excitement. I love a movie with a 90 minute runtime. It knows what it's about. Yep. Uh, clean as wet for that machine. <laughs> uh, a perpetually moving house keeps you on your toes. It's not that they're not familiar with it, but they have no chance to become familiar with it. Yeah, and then I yeah. said, it is a corn maze that changes. And I was like, I, I am from the corn. Yes. <laughs> I am from a farm <laughs> town. It changes. I was like, like a corn maze that changes. Uh-huh. A corn maze. <laughs> And then I, I really realized that here. some people may not have experienced corn mazes. Wait, oh my god, you're right. Yeah. In my head, I was like, yeah, like a corn maze. Like a fucking and corn like, maze. Oh. I used to go every year. Some I was people, like, desperately allergic to that. Okay, I like, went every did year. Did you know that it's a thing to just go to like a giant fucking room and swim in corn? What? Okay, so I'm not the only one. I'm from Ohio and I didn't know this. This sounds like something like someone from California would be like, like what does up. corn feel like? It literally feels like something someone would use to make yeah. fun of us. Yeah. But it's true. At fairs and stuff, there's this giant like barn or something and they fill it with corn. It's like a ball pit so you can swim. <laughs> not like not like full husked corn, just to be clear. Kernels. Kernels. I'm I'm not a fan. I don't like. Oh this. no! I don't want to swim in the kernels. But I'm just saying, like, I, when people make fun of us, sometimes I, I'm like, I we deserve it. it. We deserve it. <laughs> oh people yeah, swim in corn here. Yeah. No, my hometown has both um, the corn festival every year right? and the banana split festival because we insist, despite all evidence to the contrary, that we invented the banana split. <laughs> Ohio just likes to lie and be like, we're yeah. having a festival, folks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. But yes, when I found that out, I was like, we deserve it. We literally have a place called Grandpa's Cheese Barn. And oh, yeah. let me say, I fucking love it. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, Grandpa's Cheese Barn has nothing to offer me. A it's dirty, nasty true. vegan that's lactose I'm really intolerant. sorry. I appreciate what it can do There's for other people. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing there I tried for me. one time to think, and I was like, pretzels? Like... <laughs> It's like a consolation prize. That's just like the sad girl in the back that her mom won't let her eat gluten. Technically, it has nothing to offer me considering I'm allergic to dairy. Yeah. I shouldn't go there. But. But I do. <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> lures you in. To the cheese bar. In. <laughs> I can't resist. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> then I have. Man, I love Tony Shalhoub. He plays a broken man so well. He either plays a scummy guy or someone whose wife died tragically. No in between except for the hundred plus roles in between. <laughs> Except for all those rolls in between, yes. Uh, oh I love how the math teacher's like, I'm going to solve this by counting to 12. <laughs> and he just, I can't. The simple math. <laughs> you see him like counting on his fingers. He's like, that's fine. No shame. Do what you need to. But it's like, he's a college math professor and his solution is literally counting to 12. He's like, one, two, three. Oh my God. And, he's like, and I'm like, yeah, thing. dude. Like... <laughs> And oh, then we've all been there. Just like seconds later, I love how Cyrus just spent like so long standing ominously just at the, end of the hall. And then when Tony Shalhoub starts getting closer and realizes, he's like, oh my God, standing ominously is not enough. I have to do something else. What else do I do? Oh my God, I loved it. He's just standing there like, hopefully when people mm-hmm. look at me, they're mm-hmm. wearing their spectral viewers. Uh-huh. And then as soon as uh-huh. someone takes it off, he's like, I fucked up. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. I love a villain. Who doesn't have a plan? Yep. I love when the villain is like, fuck, I didn't think of this. Yep. Yep. Uh, I couldn't stop laughing. Punches him. And my last one, out of like seven pages of notes, uh, is I truly love how Maggie's like, I will push every button until this ghost machine spits out something That's I what like. I was saying when yeah. I said that her like not knowing she, what like, she's doing, it. she was like, fuck it. And she just yeah. touches every button because she's like, you know what? We'll figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing, so I might as well fuck some shit up. Yes. Hopefully this will solve it. And I respect the hell out yes. of that. I, 
as someone who would solve a problem like that, I, mm. I respect it. So I love that her character is strong from the beginning. Doesn't know what she's doing, but she's like, oh, I'll figure it out. Oh. oh, I love her. So, yes. Those are all my notes on horror. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that I had more. I really do. But like I said, it's a spaghetti movie. I'm going to come back to it. I, I like it, even though it, it hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have, are you ready for qualms? Oh, hell yeah. Let's get to it. <laughs> okay. So my biggest qualms are like the slut shaming jokes. Yes. Uh, the sexism that's just like in there. Um, the ableism between some of like the ghosts and their backstories. And then yes. the biggest one is the one that I just like, I get very uncomfortable when a movie by a white person with almost entirely white cast yeah. has a black woman as like the strong, funny character because that's very much like a trope and it's not like a lot of depth. And I love the character of Maggie. Right. And I think that she was given more depth than a lot of characters of color are. But I also don't think I am the person that can judge what type of representation true is valid or important or like empowering. Yeah. Um, valid I is can't. not the right word. But... But yeah, like I, I can't sit here and say like, no, that character has depth because like, no, does she have as much depth as any of the other characters? Not really. So, yeah. and she has like the best lines, but is she played as like the comic relief only? So it's like, I, yeah. I cannot be the person because I'm white right. that says like, I think this is good representation for people. No, of no that's not my role. That's not my fucking place. Not going to say. Uh, so I just get very uncomfortable, especially when I know that it's from the 2000s where yeah. it's like, oh, an all white production team decided to do this. Yeah. Um, anything from yeah. the 2000s, I think you have to be like. Yeah, and also I'm ready to have issues. Like, <laughs> and, and anything oh, by white anything, people. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But, but yes, like, especially in the 2000s, it was just so common. And now yeah. it's just like, ugh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So those are my qualms. Yeah. Same. I mean, same qualms. It, I think it's, it's hard too, because they don't tell you the backstories of a lot of these ghosts. So like, you have to kind of do some digging to be like, that sucks. Like, you know, you can kind of, figure it out from context clues no. for some of them but a lot of them it's kind of like okay well yeah. that sucks kind of like we talked about with uh the hammer like yeah that backstory is really intense and like that character has a reason to be fucking pissed but yeah. you wouldn't know it because no. they don't fucking tell you they just show you an angry black man yep yeah. that's not okay that is a stereotype that you cannot keep perpetuating you yeah. can't do that so, like, their backstories are important to them, but they didn't show us this, and they made it a special feature, and it... Yeah. So, yeah, what I'm saying is, yes, I understand your qualms, yeah. and 100% agree. And, like, the child and the mother, where it's, yes. like, the adult child, and I'm like, okay, well, that's ableist, first of all. Right, like... And then, second of all, like, it's... There's a lot going on There's a on lot with, with their backstory, too, that, like, you have... It, it gets worse and worse. It gets worse. <laughs> like, the backstory just makes it worse than it looks, yeah. Right. So, like, if you think it's bad, it is. Don't worry. Yeah. The backstory will agree with you. Yes, it's bad. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. 100% agree on, on the qualms and not surprised by them either. Mm -mm. Nope, I was expecting them. <laughs> okay. So that was qualms. Yes. Do you want to move on to tropes? <gasps> Show up. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I had a lot of tropes. Yep, okay. And then I was like, we don't have time for this. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. I'm too tired and gay. So <laughs> I divided them into like the ones that I actually wanted to cover in depth and then the ones that really just like cemented in the haunted house yeah, yeah, yeah. realm so the first one for that is haunted house of course uh, and it can be somewhat of a discarded trope because yeah. it's so like 
commonplace yeah. that you have to do something else with it. So, you know, that's what this is. Right. It's not just a haunted house because people died there. The spirits were taken to that house. They and the were house brought. Yeah. There's the closed circle. Mm-hmm. And so that's really common in a lot of horror films where it's like there has to be a reason that they cannot escape. There has to be a reason. Like yeah. the phone towers are down. There's a storm and there's no power. Uh, yeah. All the doors are locked. All the windows are barred. That's from Clue. I love that movie. <laughs> the windows are barred. All the doors are locked. That was a bad accent. I'm sorry, Tim Curry. I'm sorry. Um, he's so I'm just like spiraling on my own. Like he's going to be so disappointed in me. <laughs> uh, and then Creepy Basement. It's literally filled with ghosts. Yeah. Uh, Inheritance Backlash. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then Big Fancy House. So. <laughs> Which those... we talked about. Big Fancy House. I guess. But uh-huh. it's hideous. Yeah. So those aren't all of them, but those are the ones that I like. Yeah. Because literally the tropes list is alphabetized. I got to like N. Oh. And I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I already found ones that I want to talk about. Hell yeah. So. We're going to start with Canis Latinicus. Okay. Yep. A strong start. Yeah. People use Latin to make things sound sinister, ancient, and unknown. Love that. But usually <laughs> it's not a good translation or it's just made up. So according <laughs> to tvchubs.org, thank you tvchubs.org, the device at the heart of Cyrus's plans is called the Ocularis Infernum, which they say means the eye of hell, but it actually it means the eye like hell or like of the eye hell. I have an eye like hell. <laughs> <laughs> She's got an eye like hell. <laughs> what is it? Girl's got a heart like whoa. Got a heart like I don't know, but I'm into it. We're going to play this after. <laughs> it's like one of those like 2010s songs. Oh like, girl's got a heart like whoa. But I've got an eye like hell. <laughs> I've got an eye, eye like hell. hell. <laughs> Haunted house historian. This okay. one. Okay. So I found this by trying to figure out what the type of like exposition through person was like confession exposition apparently not a trope yet i'm making it um but i found haunted house historian yeah i'm just going to read a direct quote okay from TV Joe's our first one of the episode uh-huh. wow how did i get this from? i know jesus okay a character who knows the backstory of a haunted house indian burial ground eldritch location abandoned hospital or other evil location yeah right around the time the fresh meat or main cast come in or near the evil location and start getting picked off one by one, the haunted house historian will intervene. They may exposit on the history of the house, or try, emphasis on try, to take matters into their own hands to save lives or keep the house's secrets. Usually they're introduced early in the first act, and they know the terrible secret of the location, either they're being present, inheriting the secret from someone else who is there, or most rarely, simply researching it themselves. The haunted house historian is usually in the difficult position over whether to try and warn the protagonists, because of one of the, because one of, because one or more of the following applies. Prepositions are hard. I get it. This one, the secret is so incredibly bizarre, they'd label it as insane and ignore it. Right. Two, they were involved with the secret and <gasps> want to keep it hidden to avoid jail, the shame involved, or protect, <gasps> to protect another. It may be my greatest Both. failure, or they are the atoner looking for a way to warn away the clueless. Or three, this secret is incredibly dangerous, but not lethal unless tampered with in the story and blah, blah, blah. So that is not as relevant. The first two are. Uh, and the most knowledgeable on the threats that... Okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> words. As the most knowledgeable on the threat, the historian is likely to be the world's expert on getting killed. I'm going to go into that one. Oh, hell yeah. While the Haunted House historian does have an element of, element of Mr. Exposition, they may only know a bit more than the characters and leave the characters to do their own research on the exact nature of the threat. They also usually form relationships with the new arrivals and can be very active in the plot. 
This is the exposition plus plot structure and character development. Is this Matthew Lillard? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. I was like, well, this is just describing his character to a T. The sweet, perfect. sweet Dennis Rafkin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what is the world's expert on getting killed? I'm glad you asked. I can't wait. Uh, this is another direct quote. Perfect. They know more about the threat than anyone. They can tell the hero, heroine, everything they want to know. They're a cop who's hunting the serial killer for their entire career, or the great white hunter who knows more about dangerous animals than anyone. Perhaps they're an expert in ancient curses, or are schooled in the ways of killer robots. Whoever they are, they're the good guy's best and most reliable source of information regarding the threat, its plans, its motivations, its patterns, its strengths, and its weaknesses. Unfortunately for them, they're not the hero of the story and cannot rely on plot armor. <laughs> more unfortunate, they're just useful enough to the hero that their death will make the heroes even more vulnerable and make their plight more dramatic. Right. More still, since they're the expert on the threat, their death by the threat will augment the advantage the villain has over the heroes. After all, if this expert couldn't win against them, what shot do our non-expert main heroes have? So when Dennis gets at, like wrecked by well, the hammer and thrown yeah. around like a rag doll. Yeah. Ugh, so it's boy. like, okay, well, he did like sacrifice himself to save the right. others. But also like he was the one that knew the most. Yep. Gone. Yeah. And then the one that does know more and knows a lot is a villain. Uh-huh. Oh, they got me. <laughs> they fucking got me. Uh, so I'm opening up this one to just look at it again. <laughs> okay. Yes. Deadly bath. It's always a deadly bath. Uh So it's kind of like the pool thing. If you show a pool, someone's going to end up in it. Yeah. And that's because in that case, it's fucking expensive to film near water. Right. In this case, it can be up to two reasons. Fan service. Oh, we want to see a woman in the bath. Or uh, the law. I love this so much. The law of conservation of detail. Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So basically, the idea of this is that, especially in like crime dramas, you have like 42 minutes. Right. Uh, Every single detail has to mean something. And if it doesn't, then there's no time for it. Right. And so it gets really funny because like in like uh, cop dramas, there's like the formula. It's like, okay, well, we have to meet the villain by now. We have to meet this by now. Like we've already met the killer in this way. So like it's so formulaic that you know that every detail is either vitally important or a red herring. And so it's like, if there is a bathtub, someone will be in it either nude for fan service or more likely that someone will die in the bathtub because bathtubs are dangerous. Because why would you show a bathtub unless something's going to happen with it? Come on! Law of conservation of detail. (laughs) (laughs) And that one has like a lot more to it, but... Who has time for this? Who has time? <laughs> uh, let's see. I already talked about like the jump scare being lampshaded, briefcase yeah. full of money, bloodless carnage. Right. Everything's better with spinning. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot like, of spinning in this. Yeah. Like the Ocularis Infernum yeah. is just a bunch of like spinning gears. Yeah. Uh, even evil has standards. As soon as Kalina was like, but they're kids. And he was like, oh, sacrifice. And she's like, I'm not going to kill kids, though. Right? And I was like, oh, even evil has standards. She was like, uh-uh, I have my limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, dead all along, inverted. Because right. Cyrus was alive. He was alive! Yeah. Darker and edgier. The original 13 uh-huh. Ghosts was more or less PG. Like, right. if you looked at it based on modern standards. And um, the remake had nudity, F-bombs, yeah, lots so of much. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I have a few more, but they're, you know. Yeah. Number of objects title, names to run away from really fast. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, well, I mean, that means it's time. For scariest moment. For scariest moment. And I, oh my God, this was really hard. It was, yeah. Uh, do you have yours? No. You don't? Because in my notes, I literally wrote any of the ghost jump scares. Because yeah. all of them blended together. Because yeah. how many times are you going to see a ghost suddenly like get really close behind glass? Right. Um. Hmm. I think I, I have, have I have a different one now. Okay. Okay. I, I think I think I have mine. And it kind of came to me because I was like, well, what stood out? And then this moment stood mm-hmm. out. So I was like, yeah, it's probably this. Um, it's kind of the moment where Matthew's Matthew Lillard's character is like explaining his whole like role in this, yeah. sort of. I think it could be a different moment, but I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's like when people keep touching him oh, and he keeps yeah. having like his scary visions and he doesn't want to see him, but he can't do anything because they don't know. Uh, and there's a moment where, sorry, Noodle just decided to scratch his little scratchy pad. There's a moment where Tony, Shub's character, touches him, and you can see him jump one last time, and he just says, don't touch me. And it, it you know, if you didn't know what he was going through, it sounds kind of harsh, but yeah. you know what he's going through, yeah. so you're like, don't fucking touch him! Mm-hmm. And it just, it was so unsettling to see so many things flash in his poor little head, and he's just exhausted. That man gave everything to that moment where he was just like, I'm so tired. Yeah. And it just like, I really felt his pain in that moment. And I was like, if that had happened to me, I'd be fucking vomiting right now. Like, it was just good. It it scared me. It just like upset me. So I think it, even though it wasn't necessarily like scariest, because there are jump scares that really got me, that one stood out the most. So like when I think of a moment, I'm like, oh, that one just got me. It like irks me, you know? Like makes my stomach do like a somersault. So... Yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it was, for me, the scariest moment, like, not counting the jump scares, um, because to me, those are just, like, commonplace enough. Right, to they're, they're quick, past. yeah. Um, it has to be the opening scene. Because oh, yeah. you see shit hit the fan, and people are running and just dying left and right in horrifically unique ways. Yeah. Um, being, like, snapped in half and sucked into a oh, car. Oh, God, that was so gross. And then, like, someone getting trapped with the breaker inside the ghost containment thing. Ugh, like, that was bad. That moment where everything starts going wrong and Dennis is overwhelmed, trying to get out, trying to live, and also he cares about the people dying around him. Right. Like, he doesn't know them personally, but he's like, But he no, still doesn't want it to happen. No, he doesn't want it to happen. And he's also caught off guard. So it's not, like, the audience doesn't know what's happening. You have no fucking context for the opening scene. And right. I love that because it's frustrating as hell. You're like, what the and fuck? I, I crave that. Because then when you rewatch it, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm going to get this Yeah. Now. And he goes in as like the expert on the scene, but even he doesn't know what's happening because yes. Cyrus changed a just bunch of stuff. He's like, stuff, wait, lies, we've never needed so bait before. And like, what's this? What's this? 13? So I thought that was scary. Yeah. I love that scene so much. It definitely starts out with a bang. And that is one of the moments, too, where I can actually see stuff. So I, I do love that scene. Mm-hmm. It starts off strong. It does. Ugh. Uh, does that mean now it's time? It is. I, like, forgot about Scariest Moment. Then you said Scariest Moment, and I just pretended. I was like, yes, it is time. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me see if I can find my rating scales. I have three ideas. Okay. Um, I had two. I had mm. Maggie Quips. <gasps> yeah. Because I love Maggie. And I had Split Lawyers. Because, uh, you know, does the lawyer okay, split? Okay, okay. <laughs> the lawyer split? Such a good Does that have the lawyer? <laughs> Does that have the lawyer? <laughs> Such 
a good line. Uh, this one was like not super strong, so I'm starting with it to end yeah. with the better one. Cogs of Hell. Okay. Because it's just like constant cogs and gears. Constant. Uh, ghost glasses. And <laughs> spirit specs. Viewers. Um, they're spectral viewers, Kate. Okay. <laughs> they're not spirit specs. They can be spirit specs. No, but uh, okay. All right. Do you have a favorite? Do you have any you're really vibing with? Say yours again. It was Maggie, Maggie Quips, Quips and, and Split Lawyers. Split Lawyers. Split Lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because it really lends itself perfectly if you yeah. have a half. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Exactly. Okay. I, are you ready for your for your rating? Do you think? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, two one. one. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I predicted that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go first. Cool. Uh, I gave it three sp- Split Lawyers. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, I had so many issues watching this, much like you had with Mandy, where you had to look at it too long. Yeah. I didn't get to look at it enough. So it just confused me, and it, like, just threw me through a loop, and I wanted to see more. Yeah. But, because it's nostalgic, and it's a SpaghettiO movie, and I remember it from my childhood, I have to give it a three, because I still like it. Yeah. I will watch it again. I'll have all the same issues. I'll be mad, just like I was before. And I'll fucking watch it again. So it's a it's a fun movie. Yeah. If you're looking for a movie that like it's not gonna add anything to your life, but like it's just you'll have fun. a good time. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a good time. Yeah. So I give it four split lawyers. Yeah. Because it's just fucking fun. It's like it's fun. a wild balls to the walls movie where it's just weird and it's not like unique. It's nope. not especially like um creative it's but like groundbreaking like, no but... groundbreaking that's a good yeah. way of saying it um where it's not doing like new and unseen things but matthew lillard absolute gem. oh rod digga incredible love him and then uh i it just works for my brain like the way that i engage with movies and yeah. the way that i perceive things and like I love when I have to kind of work for it to catch right. things because then I can like take it back if I'm watching it on my own or if I'm watching other people like, oh, did you see that? Oh shit, I missed it. That's so cool. And then you get to like rewatch it yeah. and I'm me and competitive. And so I'm like, it's a challenge. I'm going to win. You love a challenge. I love a challenge. I hate a challenge. I love a challenge. <laughs> so to me, this movie, I've seen it twice now in the last few months. Twice. Yeah, we watched it not that long ago. No, and I just think it's really fun. Like the it's opening fun. scene is just like, I was bouncing up and down in my chair. I was like, this is so weird and I love it. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, yeah. even though I was watching it and I was like angry about these things, yeah. I was still like, I'm happy I'm watching this. Like, you know? There's like, a moment where like they're turning, they're going down a staircase and they turn and it's just like from the top, from the side and like they're turning. So yeah. like a bunch of weird camera angles. I can't say if it was well done, but I can I say that it was weird. Yep. And I like that. And it, <laughs> it's just nostalgic. Yeah. I don't know. I deduct split lawyers because of like the problem. There's some things. good. Yeah. There's some intense qualms for yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah. So seven split lawyers total. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not bad. Like just cause I give it three. I, I, I still like it. Yeah. I highly recommend people watch it, but yeah. And if you look up the stuff about the ghosts, just uh, be careful because it's intense. Like, it's a lot. They don't fuck around with these backstories on the ghosts. They just unfortunately don't give you anything about them in the movies. Yeah. So you're really not ready for it. Like mm-hmm. I was reading them fully ready to like put that in my notes. And then I was like, oh, that's way too heavy for the start of this episode. Yep. Um, so yeah, seven split lawyers. Seven I, split lawyers. I like it. Yeah. Here we are. So that wraps up our discussion of 13 ghosts. It does. 
If you enjoyed your time with us, we would greatly appreciate it if you would rate and review on Apple Podcast. It helps other people find our show. It's nice to read those things, and it helps us get an idea of what folks like. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It, where every Wednesday we'll post the movie for the week yep. and where you can find it if it's for free somewhere. Yeah. Well, free is relative because everyone pays for streaming I know, services. So. But if it's on uh, a streaming service. Yes. And then you can check out our extended show notes on our website, justgoalwithitpod.com. And that's where we put uh, the memes we reference. A lot of the memes. Uh, the song that I can't sing very right. well. <laughs> also, uh, just all of Kate's incredible notes. Because well, Kate does a lot of research. I and I just want everyone to appreciate it. Because every time she comes with these research, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. I have a lot of sources. And I a cite lot. them all in a modified version of APA. Because I have... <laughs> I'm not saying mine's better. I'm saying it fits my brain. <laughs> yeah. So, so, anyway. It's worth it. Check uh, it out. And then you could also take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justgoalwithit. Uh, that's where <laughs> you could get access to a lot of cool stuff behind yeah. the scenes. Every month we stream a horror game. Mm-hmm. And right now, Kate, for the first time, oh is playing through Until Dawn. I've already played it. So it's very fun for me to be like, no, 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 go ahead. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I have your fingers <laughs> sawed off. <laughs> Definitely check it out. It's a blast. And we also do a simul watch where we watch a movie on Discord and we don't stream it or anything. We just talk about it to yeah. get all together. So like no pressure, just hang out. Yeah. And it mimics the original horror movie chat that we had. Yeah, which is how we started this podcast. Yep. So it's yeah. a blast. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank the folks that already support us on Patreon. Hell yeah. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, and Kenny. Woo! Woo! Every time I'm like, oh, there's so many. <laughs> it's... Uh, blows my mind warms my heart i'm so freaking grateful love them so much i I just love it the intro and outro music was created by anthony racazella and the cover is by our very own nikki solomon who me who me every time it's different (laughs) i try (laughs) and it's beautiful thank you oh god you know what i don't have anything for the end usually i have like a funny noise to make but i just don't i don't know i what what are you doing no don't I'm furious. I'm fucking furious. Kate knows I can't make the sound. Girl, girl. Girl, 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 girl. It does nothing to do with the movie, but I'm so mad. Do it again. Show the people what you can do. Fucking hell. It's stupid. I'm ending it. just love outtakes.